Hi, I'm Vincent Tang. And I'm Frederick Weiss, and you are consuming the... Thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, We have an amazing show with an amazing guest, so let's get right to it. We have international paid media consultant, writer, and speaker, Michelle Morgan. Michelle, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really appreciate you being on here and um, sharing a little bit of your expertise. We're super excited to dive into some of these things. Um, Before we do, would you mind telling our audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as he said, I am Michelle Morgan. I've been in the paid media space for uh, over a decade now, which is a little bit terrifying. Some of the gray hairs might be a little bit testament to how long it's been. Um, But yeah, I've been working on, I I work on all sorts of different accounts, everything paid media. So Google, LinkedIn, Facebook, all that stuff. Don't know anything about SEO. I'm very good at breaking websites. Couldn't couldn't build one for you. Um, But have worked in both both an in-house and agency role for a while and now kind of doing like the consulting thing and uh, lots of content on YouTube and such. So a lot of fun. I love that. And we'll definitely start to dive into that in a little bit. Um, I I also want to ask you first, uh, just to get a little bit more context, how did you actually get into marketing? Marketing seems to be one of those things where, um, at least in my experience and uh, some of the people I know, we, we kind of came from somewhere else and we kind of ended up in marketing somehow or another. But I believe you actually went to school for this, correct? Yeah, I was going to say I am the I'm the weird exception to the rule. Like I actually took a <laughs> linear path to kind of get here. Um, I, I have told a number of people that when I was going to college, people would say, oh, what are you going to major in? And it's like, business. I don't have like chemistry's cool, but I wasn't going to be a chemist. I wasn't going to be an artist. I wasn't going to be a teacher. Like I just had more of a business mind and um, ended up liking a lot of the classes that I took. Um, and I just, I guess the way that I kind of fell into it was the, was really just the paid media niche within marketing. Uh, I just applied for an online marketing assistant job. I had no idea what they were going to be doing, what they needed me to do, but I thought, we use computers a lot and I just got a marketing degree. So this seems pretty good. So then I showed up and on the first day they sat me down in front of at the time AdWords editor and it's oh, history wow. since then. Yeah. That's nice. Vincent. I guess um, why paid media marketing particularly, why not like, um, like SEO, like you're saying, like what, yeah, what, totally. what drew you into that? Yeah, I like the immediacy of it. Um, I think it was also because that's that's where I started. So I kind of had a soft spot for it. But at one time I was going to try and venture out a little bit. The in-house job that I had for a while, they were very supportive of just people learning and trying to expand their knowledge on their own. So they were they were all about like sending me to different conferences and that kind of stuff at the time. And um just helping expand my knowledge. And I remember going to some of the SEO stuff, just being like, but you do work and then you just hope that it pans out. Like where the number, <laughs> it felt it felt a lot mushier to me. So I, I really just liked the numbers aspect of the paid media space. It felt like a very transactional thing and it literally is because you pay for it. So <laughs> it's a little bit easier to track that way. <laughs> and, and you and you could see results. There's there's things totally. that you can measure. It's, it's very clear. There's no um, room for confusion. Here's the data. Let's see right. how you perform, right? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And I've said since then, like within the past few years, that 2010 paid media, we really okay. created a monster because now everybody's like, we have to track everything. And we're like, well, we kind of can't. But back in the day, we were like, we can track everything. Let us do whatever we want to do. We'll be able to track it. And now we're like trying to like slowly backtrack from that and be like, <laughs> maybe we just need to, you know, see some directional numbers and that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whether it's demographics, uh, psychographics, you, you, you got it all these days. So um, oh, yeah. it, we're, we're talking a lot about paid media, which brings us to uh, paid media pros. I would love to talk uh, a little bit about that and how that came about. I, I know that you and Joey, uh, is, is, does he go by Joey or Joe? Just Joe. Joe. I call him Joe. Joey to pick on him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joe, I meant no disrespect, but so you, you and Joe got together and you were um, going to write a, write a book and you, you started talking about some things and um, I, I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, totally. So in, jeez, uh, it was probably the 2017 Hero Conference in Austin. Um, that, was, that was in April, a few months prior at the SMX West out in San Jose. Joe and I actually just luck of the draw got matched up on two different panels speaking together. Like each of those sessions had three people. You speak for 15 minutes and you might overlap with people from time to time. But we were on two sessions uh, and just got along really well. And at uh, the Hero Conference, he was asking me if uh, we wanted to write a book because that was something that he was kicking around the idea. And he just thought that like we brought two different perspectives and we worked well together. Um, so we <laughs> we started down that path and then uh, very quickly realized that uh, even writing a blog is kind of a pain. So like, why are we going to write a book? Um, so one of Joe's like, I mean, Joe's favorite channel by far is YouTube. So it was, he just kind of threw out the idea one time, like, why don't we do a YouTube channel? And we'd already been doing some like virtual webinars, all that kind of stuff and thought like, okay. And then kind of just snowballed from there to now we have, you know, two videos going out a week and I need to record one in the next couple of days because I'm next week. I think I'm the Monday video. So <laughs> it's nice to have that back and forth between uh, uh, creators. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was actually checking out some of the videos um, before the show, and then it, I didn't realize paid media marketing just there's so much to it. Like there's LinkedIn, there's Facebook, there's TikTok now. There's also Unbounce. What if you want to do like A/B testing for um, for like a landing web page? Like, how has mm -hmm. like the scene evolved since you started? Since you you've been in this 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 industry for what ten plus years, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely gotten in some in some ways it's gotten a lot more sophisticated and a lot more expansive and in other ways it's gotten a lot more narrow, um, which is a little bit strange. But I like back in the day we had really just kind of Facebook or yeah, we had Google, Microsoft, Facebook. And then I even when I started, we had Yahoo that was also running. So we had like three search platforms and then there was Facebook and you can do like Google Display Network, that sort of thing. Um, and everything has kind of expanded in that we have all of these channels and all of these different things that you can do, but things have gotten a lot more narrow that we rely quite a bit more on a lot of the machine learning from the platforms. Um, there's a lot of stuff that is a lot less manual than it used to be just because there's so many levers that they've basically made it that we can pull that it kind of just got to a point where I think it just overwhelmed people. And I know Google specifically 
is the the leader in kind of taking away things or narrowing things down into a more automated fashion. A lot of people on Twitter get really irritated about that, um, but they're going to be the the leader in the space on all that kind of machine learning sort of front. So definitely got more narrow when it comes to that. But in terms of the channels, like it's crazy. I've got we've got some clients that run like. 10 plus channels because they've got not only the channels that you mentioned, but then they've also got like Taboola and Outbrain and some of them have like Captera and then there's Hulu and Roku are coming into the mix and Spotify are on some of these platforms. So there's, there's a lot going on with it. We got a, uh, we got a question here. I'd like to pull it up. So it says, how does over, how, excuse me, does it overwhelm you the volume of options now? How do you keep it all straight? Yeah, so it can. Uh, I can tell you very strangely, one of the things that actually helps me keep it all straight is making the videos for the channels, <laughs> like going mm. in and because I mean, for as much stuff as there is and as many videos as we have, you'd be surprised how hard it is to come up with topics every week. <laughs> You've got to come <laughs> up with a lot of topics. So it, I think that that part helps, but also because of the technically it's like an agency perspective, but like working on lots of different accounts as opposed to working in one account that affords us the ability to work with lots of different types of businesses. And there are going to be different businesses that have a different fit. Like we're getting ready to start and kick off with a project that's going to be pretty much just promoting an app. And that's going to be focused mostly on Facebook, TikTok, TikTok, and Snapchat. But then we also have other platforms that we work with or other clients that we deal with that are really just like a lot more B2B focused. So it's going to be search on Google and Microsoft. There's Captera in the mix. There's going to be some other stuff like Rollworks, which is a ad roll product uh, brand. I don't know who owns what, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that having a lot of different clients that do lots of different stuff helps as well because it really helps you kind of keep your toes into a little bit of everything that's going on. I like that. You know, one of the things I heard you say, um, there was a show I, I watched you and Joe on the other day, and uh, people ask you apparently, um, do you, are you okay with giving all this information away? You're, you're talking uh -huh. about all these different things, and you're, you're showing how to do these things. Do you have any apprehension about um, uh, your clients taking this information and running with it? Um, and, and I would like, to, to me, it's, and I think you answered it perfectly on that show, which was, you know, uh, you're, you're helping people figure out a way to go, but they're, they're eventually going to come back to you because they're, you're showing how you're a uh, expert. You're, you know, you're the SME in these things, but I'd lo love to hear the answer from you. Yeah, totally. So it, it definitely comes back to kind of, kind of also to the question that somebody else just asked is like, once they get started in it, they realize how overwhelming it can be to keep up with everything. Um, and even in addition to the idea that like it proves our expertise, all that kind of stuff, and people eventually come back for it. It also helps to weed out some clients because one of the nice things about, you know, being your own boss is that you get to decide who your clients are. And I can tell you categorically that the clients that are the good ones that you want to work with believe that you are an expert and they let you do your expert thing and they don't try and step on your toes, but they bring mm. their business savvy about their business to it. And you work together to come up with something really good. It's a lot better than trying to work with somebody when you're constantly thinking, oh, if I tell them how to do this, are they going to take it and run with it? And I know a lot of people are worried about that. And my thought is like, if your first thought after I tell you how to set up a search campaign is that you're going to run and do it yourself, 
I don't want to work with you anyway. So uh, like, I hope I wish you the best. And I think it, it might turn out well and that's great. And it might not, but I'm not going to be fighting you the whole time that we have a working relationship. So see you later. <laughs> well said. So um, with paid, with paid, uh, with paid marketing, right. Um, do you also handle influencer marketing? For instance, like TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, there are influencers that have, you know, a thousand plus followers that have high engagement ratings and maybe you're trying to sell products on there or trying to get more leads on some specific topic. Um, do you do anything like that on that scale? No, I stay away from influencers because I feel like that would be like hurting cats. Um, I'm very good at telling brands that they need to use influencers and get me creative from influencers because it ends up working just like the social proof type of perspective. Um, and obviously for a platform, especially like TikTok, if you can get creative that fits organically into the TikTok environment, like TikTok videos are very different than any of the other platforms. They're all just a little bit different, even though everybody's trying to copy off of them. Um, it's going to be better performance for the campaign. So I don't do anything with it, but I like to tell people that they need to get me creative that looks like that. And if they don't, then it's not going to perform as well. So <laughs> I like to pass the buck on that one. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I want to ask you about um, your some of your favorite platforms because I kind of pinged a spark in my mind. What exactly um, are your favorite platforms? And when I say your favorite, I mean what do you see? Um, what 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 do you see that's performing better than others? And I and I realize you know that there's things like B two B and B two C, but in, the, in general, what do you see performing the best as of late? Yeah, totally. So it definitely comes down to like the the best performers tend to still be search campaigns uh, for me. So I still see really good performance out of Google. Microsoft can be really good for some industries and not as good for others. So that one's pretty hit or miss. Um, even despite all of the tracking issues and all of the news and all that kind of stuff about the 14.5 iOS rollout, that sort of thing, Facebook still works really well for a lot of the accounts that I work on, whether it's B2B or B2C. Um, it just, so many people are still on Facebook that it just astonishes me. So it, it's amazing that people will actually buy stuff from Facebook. And the, the nice thing about it is that like, there are other platforms that I'm starting to see pick up in certain respects, like for the right types of products, like Pinterest has been looking really good. But part of it is that the Pinterest ROAS that I'm seeing in some areas is like too good. So it's kind of weird that I like rely on Facebook a little bit more because the ROAS numbers actually seem reasonable. Um, whereas some of the other ones are just a little bit, a little bit iffy right now, but I do think that there's a lot of, uh, leeway and a lot of run room for other platforms that people haven't used as much like Pinterest, TikTok, and Snapchat to really get a lot more kind of take off from that. Well, well speaking of that, then why don't we talk about something such as uh, one of the things that uh, I think is probably underestimated, which is TikTok and, and TikTok mm -hmm. ads. A lot of people just think of TikTok as a bunch of teenagers dancing around in their underwear, but it's it's actually, there's there's some power here if it's used correctly, right? Do you mind speaking to uh, the TikTok paradigm for a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that anybody who believes that TikTok is just a bunch of teenagers dancing around is pretty short-sighted from a marketing perspective. The content creators are a lot of teenagers dancing around to 
things and doing these moves and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But there's also a lot of other people that have their own content. And there's a lot of other people that don't make content that consume it. Most of the people that I know that are on TikTok just sit and scroll forever and they get lost in little TikTok vacuums. And they're people who are my age, like I'm 34. A lot of people are my age, a little bit older, maybe maybe a little bit younger, but I mean, 30s into 40s that'll just sit on TikTok and get stuck for a while. And I don't know about you, but those are not teenagers just dancing around. Typically, 30 and 40 year olds are people who have a pretty good amount of buying power. So if you're not getting your message in front of them, that's a real miss in my in my opinion. I think that it's it couldn't be easier to create a free account on any platform, TikTok specifically, because we're talking about it right now, but whether it's TikTok, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Pinterest, it doesn't matter. Go create a free account, take the retargeting pixel that they give you, put it on your website and just start accumulating people and see how many people from your website are also on the different platforms. And you might be surprised what you find out. You know, for example, Vincent runs a organization, uh, and I'll let Vincent explain this in a second. And I'd love to know how he could find opportunity um, for what he's doing. Vincent, do you mind jumping in here? Yeah, so I run a um, software development group in Tampa, Florida. It's called Tampa Devs. It's for developers seeking to grow together. Um, And we've grown it to 400 members in the last six months. So we've got like industry sponsors, speakers that get together and students and professionals that come to talks or networking events, et cetera. And it's a place to like bond and grow from there. But um, I do a lot of marketing on it through LinkedIn, through Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. And I've only done the free marketing. So like the follow for follow strategy on Instagram, following mm-hmm. people on Twitter, um, just, just spamming every channel basically <laughs> and seeing what works. Um, and for me, the thing that worked best so far is actually just going through a, uh, a rabbit hole of just following people that are related to software development in Tampa through Instagram. That's been effective. And LinkedIn has been really effective, just like cold marketing, um, through like messages at random, like I'll just use a search query in LinkedIn and just type in like software developer Tampa. And I'll just randomly hit up like 200 people <laughs> before an event. And there's probably maybe like a 10% response rate, which is actually really high. <laughs> I was going to say, that's still pretty darn good though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I don't know anything about paid marketing. And I, I, I have like thought about it. I just don't know anything about it. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> and like where, like totally. I don't even and the thing is, like, I am kind of like spending a lot of money, like, out of pocket, with the exception of sponsors that pay for food and venues. So it's like I don't want to go down this rabbit hole if I don't know what I'm doing and waste money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. That is the thing that I will say about paid as opposed to organic or anything like that. With organic, the only thing you're wasting is your time if it doesn't work. But like with paid, you could be actually wasting additional money on top of it, which is definitely makes it a little bit more skin in the game. Um, But I mean, like I said, anybody who comes, I mean, you can create, if you have a handle for the organization itself, you can create 
audiences off of people who have engaged with that handle on Facebook and Instagram. I know that for sure. And then you can create a lookalike audience of those users and tell Facebook, like, go find more of these users and then still geo-target around a certain area if you don't think people are going to travel for something or just let it be kind of the entire U.S. or type of country, that sort of thing. Like, that's one of those areas where because of some of the stuff, like even the uh, March 17th, I want to say, was the deadline Facebook, because of a lot of the privacy stuff, had to get rid of a lot of the detailed targeting options. They put out a post about it like sometime last year, and then it just hit this week or last couple of weeks. Um, so you might not have as many like of the targeting options available in the platform to find those devs anywhere that they are. Like you might not find the same type of interests that were available, all that kind of stuff. But that's where leaning into the machine learning and the lookalike audiences can help out quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. I feel like um, I'm missing out like a whole sector of audience in Facebook, particularly since a lot of developers don't use LinkedIn. <laughs> sure, <laughs> so, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So we do a yeah. lot of advertisement through Meetup, but yeah, um, as well. I, I, before we jump to, I know Brian has a question here, but I, I want to just quickly ask, where, where, in related to Vincent's question here, where would somebody think about if uh, jumping at the top of the funnel? What do you have any advice, Michelle, to like, if, if you're looking to start doing some paid at the top of the funnel, this is probably a good avenue for you to travel down. Yeah, I think that the the strategy I said earlier about getting the retargeting pixel in place and kind of letting it accumulate first is the best place to start mm -hmm. only because not necessarily that you would retarget people, but the biggest thing, the biggest challenge is trying to find where your target audience is going to be because everybody spends lots of time on all sorts of different platforms across the internet, but you probably have like one of your favorite one. And like you said, there's probably a lot of devs who don't spend time on LinkedIn. Like I have a luxury furniture company that we work with and they try and go after designers. And I'm like, oh, designers are professional and all this kind of stuff. And they're, we should use LinkedIn. And they're like, that's a terrible idea. None of our designers are on LinkedIn. We've got to be on all the same platforms that the users are on. So having the insight to find where your users are can be really helpful. Um, and then also, if you go into each of the platforms, again, just free, you don't have to run anything. You can just set up a, just a placeholder campaign basically and start clicking through the targeting options and see what's there. Like some of the platforms have some really cool options that lean into like really specific fields and others don't. Um, they're changing their targeting options all the time too. So you kind of have to go back and check back on different things. But like, I remember Snapchat before the iOS stuff, I think used to have like target audiences of people who had been at a major sports arena within the last 90 days. Like if mm. that's one of your target audiences, like that's really pretty freaking cool. So you just need to know what those targeting options are to try and be able to lean into it. So start off by finding where your people are and how you can actually target people on the platform and kind of let that be one of your bigger decision makers for you. Love that. First, uh, hi, I'm sorry. Hi. Every single piece of my technology failed. So I apologize for being late, Michelle. Nice <laughs> to meet you. Um, my question is, I'm curious, have you ever had a client that you came across that they were targeting and on so many platforms to the point that it was you came in, you're like, whoa, uh, you're you're doing a little too much here. Um, and like, how how do you know where that line is? And, and how did you advise someone in that situation? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, nice to meet you as well. I'm happy you got everything working. So <laughs> everything hopefully you didn't have to call up Radio Shack in the 90s and see if you get it to work. But um, no, but I've definitely had some some folks that we work with that you could tell that they didn't know what was going to work. So they just tried to put everything, it, they tried to make everything go at the same time. Um, and it usually is, unfortunately, ends up being kind of a gut call as to whether or not you're in too many places at once. Like I can kind of just tell that if you don't have I mean, usually it's like 500 to like a couple grand a month in a channel. If you're trying to get certain KPIs, that's usually at least the type of accounts that we see that's on like the small end. It's just not going to work. Um, so in that situation, we might not even say, okay, these, if you're running on 10 channels, we might not come in and say, okay, these eight channels are garbage. We should never use them again. Let's only run on these two. <laughs> but it would be something where we would say, let's put these eight channels on hold because we haven't seen any positive trends from them recently. Let's shift all of the budget into these 20% of the channels, you know, 80, 20 rule, if you will. And then try and see if we can get more performance out of those two channels with all of the budget consolidated. And then if you do great, let's keep doing that. If you don't, then maybe let's shift over to another two, like the next two promising ones. So yeah, it happens a lot where people just end up segmenting their performance and all that kind of stuff so far that you can't see anything. And in that case, it's kind of like you're you're missing the trees for the forest, which should be a thing in some ways. Like when it comes to advertising, it should be. And there's a lot of um, limitations to some of these things. For example, we were just talking about um, uh, TikTok, right? I can't be in Sarasota, Florida and advertise my product and uh, Paris, France, for example, right? There's a lot of uh, localized things uh, to that. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, maybe. Um, I haven't tried to do a lot of international targeting on TikTok, to be honest, but I do know that they have some goofy restrictions when it comes down to it. Um, I, yeah. There is something in the back of my mind that tells me that if you're in the US, you can only target a handful of places, I think. Yeah, it makes sense. Have you learned um any specific industry trends through you know through this page through, through working with different clients um for instance like TikTok, like you said um, a lot of people don't realize that it's a very powerful platform for not just people that are just making dance videos um but is there like less obvious trends that you've seen about different industries whether it's fashion whether it's content production or gaming I, I don't know just any any industry in particular where you just went like wow i did not expect an audience to be here i, I don't know did you ever hmm. have any sort of like anything like that happen during the time that you've worked with different clients hmm. that's a good one um I think that I have been a little bit surprised at some of the uh, returns that I've seen on some TikTok and Snap campaigns. Uh, also surprised at some of the Pinterest returns. But again, like I said earlier, I think some of those are a little, little iffy. Um, for like some people in the beauty space, I know I work with a handful of brands that are kind of in that space and they're starting to see a lot better results there. Um, and I think from even a business perspective, we work a lot with like B2B SaaS, that type of stuff. Um, just always have for whatever reasons, just the space that we've always been in, um, is that most of the other platforms that are not search and usually not Facebook or LinkedIn work really, really well for audience generation 
and then you end up retargeting them on other platforms. Um, like LinkedIn specifically is one of those where people don't really want to request a demo on LinkedIn. And sometimes they don't really even want your uh, gated white paper. They would really rather just read a blog post. Like right now we've got some campaigns that are running that we've just got a really big audience so that the ideally the cost per click will be a little bit lower. We're doing the manual bidding strategy, bidding to the floor. We've just got a handful of really good blog articles that aren't selling anything. They're not pushing anything. They're just helping the way that your business should approach their customers effectively. And then we're utilizing that retargeting audience into search campaigns and then into display campaigns and trying to retarget them on different platforms where the secondary cost per click is a lot cheaper. Um, and it's gonna be, and it's gonna convert a lot better because the machine learning on those platforms to like have a target CPA, all that kind of stuff for Google is a lot better than a lot of the automated bidding and the performance that you see on a platform like LinkedIn. I'm curious um, if you, we've talked about a bunch of platforms. If I come to you and I'm like, I'm uh, just in general, this is just an in general question, and I only have X amount of funds to invest in one platform, does it make sense to only invest in a single platform or splitting that cost just has such a large benefit that it you want to do that? It definitely can make a lot of sense to advertise in just one platform. Um, if we, yeah. if everybody is in agreement and is confident that that's where your audience is and that's where you're going to see the best return, that's the best place to definitely prospect for new people. Now, I might try to encourage you, depending on what that platform is. Like a lot of yeah. the a lot of the businesses that I work with that have that type of approach, they're like, we only want to be on LinkedIn. It's like. Okay, that's great, but I can't want to retarget people on LinkedIn and pay $8 for that second click. So like prospecting, we might go all in on one platform, but then we might utilize like the GDN or Facebook as like a secondary retargeting step for lower cost per click to re-engage the right people. Um, but yeah, there are absolutely lots of scenarios where just one channel approach makes sense for people. That brings up an interesting question. I mean, hopefully it wasn't asked. Uh, what... Um... Is there a platform that's like, what's the most expensive platform to target on right now? Uh, it's got to be LinkedIn. Oh, it really is. <laughs> I can just, that's interesting. Yeah, like, wow. yeah. yeah. It, it depends on where it depends on where you are or like what industry yeah. you're in that kind of stuff. Like, I can see some uh, like ambulance chaser lawyers paying like five hundred dollars a click on Google, that kind of stuff, and that's that's been around for a long time. But just on average, the platforms that have the highest cost per mm. click usually are going to be, it usually ends up being LinkedIn in my experience. Those job yeah. ones, yeah. It's, yeah. it's about audience. I mean, there it, and, and it depends about um, your intent, right? So if, if mm -hmm. you are a company that you want to more engage people in a, um, a friendly way, if you will, like Facebook is, is definitely a way to go. Um, if you have things where you just want to catch somebody that's you know, um, not doing research for their, uh, their MBA, MBA, right? They're, um, it, it, it's not on, um, it's not on Facebook. They're, they're doing that stuff on LinkedIn. Um, it, so, so it all, all depends on what you want to do. Uh, speaking of which, I, uh, since we're talking about LinkedIn so much, I wanted to ask you about, um, some ABM strategies on LinkedIn. What are some mm -hmm. of the best ABM strategies on LinkedIn? And first, if you could, uh, describe for the audience, for people that might not know what account-based marketing is and how, uh, how powerful, uh, using such a tool, especially on LinkedIn, could be. Yeah, totally. So this is one of the reasons why LinkedIn is the most expensive is because they have 
the most accurate B2B targeting because as a user, you maintain it. So yeah. like the, it, it's usually pretty good. Um, and that's part of the reason why it's so expensive is because they can charge that much because no other platform does that. You don't put where you like, you don't put all of your specific job duties in Facebook. Like it just doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, ABM is a, a very powerful strategy that you can do on LinkedIn again, because you're relying on the user profiles that people fill out. And one of the big things that people usually do on LinkedIn, when you're trying to talk about your job is you put where you work. Um, and that's effectively what, ABM is instead of trying to target an individual based on their job title or something like that, you're effectively targeting companies. So ABM is a great approach for industries that have or companies that have really specific focus on the types of customers that they work with so much so that they actually know the business names and the websites of the people that they want to have as clients. Um, that sounds a little bit crazy, but you'd be surprised how many people come and they say like, we know that there are only a thousand companies in the world who can use what we have. So let's target just them. And this is a great way to really narrow down and focus on just them. So in the platform, you really only need a few fields. I think there are a handful of different ones that you can upload, but I know that company name uh, and the company URL, like the actual website URL, you just put it into a spreadsheet, you upload it into LinkedIn, and then LinkedIn will match to every user, user who works at that company. You can then apply that audience to a campaign and then utilize all of the other targeting layers in LinkedIn to narrow down to the right people. Like you might not want to target the janitor or the intern or maybe even somebody in the marketing department. You Maybe you want to target only finance people. You can do that and you can target just the CEOs of companies if you want to. Like whatever the different targeting options on LinkedIn, you can layer those into that company audience. So you're reaching the exact right people with the right responsibility at the exact list of companies that you want to work with as, as having them as clients. So it's a really awesome uh, strategy to utilize to find just the right people on the platform. And where is all that going? Is it going to the, like the feed? Is it going to like individual, like, like, is it like email blasts of sorts going to their conversations? Um, you know, when you advertise yeah, on LinkedIn, where is it going? Totally. So one of the things when you create a new LinkedIn campaign is you have the option to decide what ad format you want to use. And there are, I believe, seven different ad formats. You can utilize sponsored content, which is going to be basically like the news feed. You can use a text ad, which is the really, really small ad up in the right hand side of a handful of screens that you're on. Uh, there are a couple for job applications. There are some that are I think they want to call them, they've changed the name on me, sponsored messages, I think. And those are the ones that basically show up in your messages on LinkedIn. There's also conversation ads, which are effectively like the chat function, like a chat box function within the messenger portion of LinkedIn. Um, and then there are like some video ads and some carousels, that kind of stuff. So it'll show up in either the feed on the right hand side, or it'll show up in your messages in one way or another. You know, that brings me to uh, a question here, Michelle, I, before we jump into more, I, I know we could get to some of these things in uh, some context. Do, do you mind sharing your screen and showing us some of these things? Yeah, I can pull up some of these real quick, actually. Uh, specifically, uh, what I want to bring up the thing that you just talked about there, which was the LinkedIn conversation ads. And I, I know uh, a lot of us aren't familiar with that as of yet. 
And, um, and I'd like to know exactly uh, what it is and how it differs from like a, maybe somebody might traditionally think of a tool like drift.com where, you know, there you have a little chat bot, but this is, you know, we're talking about targeting people and targeting an audience and uh, having a specific goal in mind. Love to go into that when, uh, yeah. when we can. Absolutely. While you're pulling that up, I'm sure uh, Vincent has something. You're muted, Vincent. Oh, sorry. When you're talking about the ABM campaigns in LinkedIn, um, I run an ad blocker, so I don't even know <laughs> like like where ads are displayed half the time. Um, mm -hmm. do, do you are you able to see users that? are not clicking on things just because they're running ad blockers or is there a way to differentiate users that are running ad block blocking tools versus users that are not? I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, to be honest, ad blockers have not become a big enough issue that it impacts me because I set up my campaigns, I target people, and we still get plenty of traffic. Um, so there's nothing that I know of that will allow me to see anything when people are using ad blockers or anything like that. Um, I think that more people might start using those in the future, but I also think people have just gotten used to the fact that on the internet, there are ads and they just look right past them if they don't, if they're not interested at all. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just say too LinkedIn is listening because I got a notification on my watch from LinkedIn as we're talking about LinkedIn. <laughs> they need to calm down. They can back off. They're always listening. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> always listening. Maybe while we're uh, while you're looking this up, maybe we could go back to the uh, thing about LinkedIn conversation ads uh, from a high level. Yeah. Do, do you mind explaining exactly what those are? Totally. And I can actually just show you right now. Let me see Excellent. if it'll. All right. I don't know what all it's going to show you. So we'll have to see. I'll get a little window that will communicate that you want to share and I'll, I'll click it whenever you want. Okay. It's opening up my privacy stuff right now, which is super interesting. So that was, it's already available. So I don't know why it's doing that. Probably okay, because it's asking you to share a screen. There we and go. Okay, can you see it? Uh, no. I uh, haven't gotten a notification for it yet, no. And Vincent, uh, yeah. why are you blocking ads for the... Right? <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. Do you not want to support Absolutely. creators? <laughs> hey, sometimes I go on incognito and I'll watch ads because I don't have ad blocker on Chrome incognito. Because <laughs> <laughs> you want to watch some ads? No, because I'm like, I don't know what ads are like anymore. I've been so out of the loop. <laughs> I'll just intentionally go watch ads. I'm that way with so, YouTube since I got premium. I'm just like, don't see any. Oh, see, I need you to, I need you to watch screen. the ads on our channel. Okay. So I can't share my screen because to share the screen, it would require me to quit Chrome quit, and restart. restart yeah. Chrome. yeah. So yeah, we're, we're, we're all good. Let, let's just talk okay. about it on a high level then. So, yeah. So basically just ex explain what LinkedIn conversation ads and how, uh, what, what's the power of them? How, why someone would want to use them? Where's the opportunities? Totally. So when you're in LinkedIn, you have messages that popped up, uh, you usually have like the little notification of your messages off on the bottom of the screen off on the right part of the screen. And then it will you can then have your conversations just in a chat window right there. So imagine that instead of it being somebody on the LinkedIn platform, it's actually coming from an ad campaign, but it operates very similar to a chat bot. 
um, and you effectively get to have somebody choose their own adventure of how they want to engage with you. So you'll have a little bit of a prompt and then you can add in different buttons for them to click on. And so let's say I ask if you're interested in uh, paid media pros and you say yes. So then I say, okay, great. How do you want to engage with paid media pros? And then I can give you a button that says, go to the website and then you'll click on it and it'll take you off of LinkedIn and open a new window and take you to uh, the paid media pros website. Or I could send you to the YouTube channel or I could link you to the uh, paid media pros LinkedIn page. You can set it for a lot of different options. Um, and basically you just frame out a conversation and then give people different paths for how they want to engage. There are also the options, I believe that you can put actual, uh, like they can download assets or something right within uh, the platform itself. So they can download things just by going to a page really quickly. Um, it, it ends up being something to where you get to have a conversation with a potential customer, potential client without having to have somebody manning the system to do it. Um, and if you write them from, you know, an actual user perspective, thinking about what would be useful as opposed to just shoving a sales message down their throat, they can be really impactful. <laughs> and and it's also your, your, the intent's already there. They're on a platform for, for business rather than mm -hmm. something maybe again, like I was going back to my uh, earlier example where I might be on Facebook just because I want to look to see what Brian ate for lunch today, which totally grossed me out by the way. But <laughs> you know, I, I want, I want some time to just, you know, relax and, and, and detox and look at Brian's gross lunch. But uh, when I'm on LinkedIn, I'm there because, you know, I have some kind of, um, again, intent to um, engage in something uh, a little bit more professional. Brian, do you want to uh, talk yeah, just, about your lunch? Just to be clear, uh, homemade bread that Rachel made, uh, roast beef, tomato. I don't know your problem with bread and roast beef, but we need to talk about that, Frederick. <laughs> Must have been a different day. That's not what so, I saw. So is uh, the LinkedIn conversation, so the sponsored, is that is that a LinkedIn conversation? Like when I get a message um, from a company and they're like, there's like, buttons, let's connect, tell me more about this product or anything. Is that a, con a yes. conversation ad? Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be that would be a conversation ad. That can be, the, it depends on how they look, but that that's probably a conversation ad because they have a couple different buttons, but you can get messages that are also the message ad. I'm gonna need to go back and look and see what it's called now because they changed the name on it. It used to be uh, sponsored in mail. That's not what it is anymore, um, but you can, create different formats and those will show up and they'll look more like an email. So the ones that look like a chat bot are going to be the conversation ads. And the one that look like emails are going to be the uh, message ad format, I believe is what they're calling them now. Now, is there any tool that, which probably isn't, I imagine, or, or like limited tools that connects all of these crazy platforms all together so you can see what's going on across all of your, your ad networks? Yeah, so people charge a, a nice little penny to make things do that <laughs> because yeah. nobody wants to share information across the board. Um, there are lots of platforms that will allow you to manage your campaigns from other platforms. Like I know that HubSpot allows you to create 
Facebook and Google campaigns and LinkedIn campaigns. I think that there are other things uh, like I know that there's Kenshu. Marin is still a platform out there somewhere. Um, I personally don't like using those. Uh, one, because I find that they are very expensive. Uh, two, the platforms themselves have all of the features in real time. So if an update's made, you don't have to wait for your software to get it grouped together. Um, but if you're talking about just reporting, there's a lot of different platforms that you can use. Um, the one that I end up using, I still have to use a paid connector for it, which is really frustrating, but I usually just use Google Data Studio. Um, I then use Supermetrics to link the different accounts together, have all the data pools come in, and then Google Data Studio dashboards are by far the easiest because most people understand how to use them. They're pretty easy to set up, pretty customizable, and you can blend the data all together or you can keep it separate. You can do whatever you need to do that way. What would you say is possibly an unforeseen opportunity as a platform out there? Um, I know we could easily, you know, jump back to link uh, to TikTok, but is there anything else out there that might be, I don't know, an up and coming or just maybe something that's out there that we're, aware of that, you know, we could, we could do more things with, um, and, and possibly, um, uh, leverage in a way that could, uh, be beneficial and advantageous for us, mm. a little redundant, but you get what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I see, I see a lot of people using platforms in a lot of really interesting ways. Um, mm. I think that I, one of the things that I do joke about though, is that I know a lot of people talk about hacks and that, that's that's real cute, um, but the platforms give us a sandbox that you're allowed to play in. And just because you made a cooler castle in the sandbox that was provided for you than everybody else did, that doesn't mean that you hacked it. Um, it just means that you played in the sandbox. So right. I think that there's, I think that in terms of like missed opportunities, I do think the biggest piece is just that people just overlook entire platforms because they think that it's just for young people doing dances, that sort of thing. But once people are in the platforms, I think they do a relatively good job of taking advantage of what's there if they have somebody helping them, that sort of thing. I do think that yeah. one of the cool platforms that I'm hoping takes off a little bit more is going to be stuff like Hulu. Um, mm -hmm. Cause that would be really cool to be able to see like, your ads right on the TV. Um, just yeah. be really interesting. Yeah. But I, I think in my head, I went to things like WhatsApp for business where I, I don't see a lot of people talking about that. Um, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's, you know, there's potential. I'm sure there is. I personally don't use WhatsApp, but I know that internationally it's very big. Um, so I think that that's, that's probably just my blind spot of being in a place where most people just don't use it, unfortunately. Yeah. So I have a burning question. We're talking about TikTok, LinkedIn, um, WhatsApp business. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, but what about the front page of the internet? What about Reddit? What about Reddit marketing? Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, Reddit, <laughs> is this a rabbit hole Reddit, <laughs> Reddit is very fun. And you being in the dev space, you would be interested in Reddit. Um, that would be a good, a good place to be. Um, Reddit is one of those platforms that in the same vein as we talked about with TikTok, it's going to perform better if you've got like a video that looks kind of TikTok-y, whatever. Um, Reddit is one of those platforms where people absolutely do not want to be sold to. And unlike other platforms, they won't let you get away with it. <laughs> They'll comment on your ads and just be harsh if you are doing the wrong thing or if you're saying something wrong or whatever. So Reddit is one of those platforms that 
in a lot of ways, you need to have a proper organic message and you need to have somebody who actually knows the threads that you're in and the subreddits and all that kind of stuff to craft your copy and your message and your offer so that when you run ads to it, you're still getting in front of the right people, but you're doing it in such a way that you then won't get shamed out of the subreddits because you've done it in such an inauthentic way. So Reddit can be a fantastic platform if you've got the right voice and offer and you're engaging authentically, probably on that platform more than any other, if I'm being honest. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, wait, can you can you go back to showing everyone, Frederick? Yeah. Why? Do you what, see something weird? I see something in the window. I think it looks like lightning back there. Oh, yeah. I think I did see some lightning. That <laughs> must bring us to our lightning round time. Wow. How serendipitous, Brian. I know. It's so oh, so wonderful that how that happens every time. So lightning round is exactly what it sounds like. We each ask you a question. Uh, you answer, move on to the next person. Uh, they're just casual questions. Um, and I'll, I'll go first. So um, you have the power to make one, one, only one childhood fairy tale true. What would be that one? I play professional basketball. All right, I can get beyond that. No. If you had to pick one superpower, um, teleportation or breathing underwater, which would you pick? Teleportation. Heartbeat. Oh, I meant flying, actually. Sorry. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That one's still flying. Still flying. That'll save me a lot of money. <laughs> Michelle, could you tell me authentically what is your favorite quality about yourself? Oh, God. Um, probably that I take a strategic approach to almost everything. It can be to a fault in some scenarios, but I appreciate it about myself. And I don't want to change it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, this is the my ridiculous question for the season. Okay, you're expecting a super important phone call. Like, I don't know, some a friend is having their baby or something like that. Um, your phone rings, but your hands are covered in uh, something like Cheeto crumbs, wing sauce, uh, whatever. Uh, do, do you answer the phone immediately? What? What? How do you? How do you deal with the situation to to find out what's going on? Everyday question. Everyday question. Um, <laughs> even if even if I'm expecting a call from somebody who is expecting a baby, it's not that hard to like wipe your hands on your shirt so i probably would do that <laughs> oh, and answer like i just like i don't care if it if it's real if it's real important like if i've got a napkin great but like i can get new clothes it's fine like let's have this phone call <laughs> awesome if you could not use a computer for the rest of your life what would you do for a living like you wow, Vincent do... took my question. I know I stole your question from you. Well, <laughs> dude, it's not cool. I'm just joking. Uh, that's a good question. Cause I feel like the thing that I would want to do probably still requires a computer. Like if I, if I could actually spend the time and dedicate to it, I would love to just go out and be a photographer, but to edit photos, you kind of need a computer nowadays. Cause I can't want to be in a dark room with all those chemicals. So it's kind of a cop out, but I guess take pictures and then send it to people to have them edit it. That is so good though. That <laughs> And then you're flying without leaving the ground, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Michelle, if um, t- tell me what is one of your favorite podcasts to listen to for uh, educational purposes? Where where do you go when you want to listen about something hypothetically, if it's marketing or something else, but just something to uh, something educational that you want to pick up a tip on or uh, uh, see what's going on in the world? True. So I've probably got two of them. Um, I would say probably the Tim Ferriss podcast, uh, but I don't listen to every episode because sometimes I just can't get into the topic. and I just don't care. But other times he's got stellar interviews. Um, and then that can be across all sorts of different topics, all sorts of different things. Um, but then the other thing that I listen to on a, on a fairly regular basis is uh, they just changed their feed and I forget what they called it, but I think it's market fool money. Like it's the uh, Motley fool stream that they've got. Mm. They used to have like six or seven different shows. Now they've just got like a daily show that comes out and they've got like one episode every day, something about finance or investing in certain industries or all sorts of different stuff. What's uh what's one pet peeve that you wish you could just completely eliminate from existence in your life because it just absolutely hampers your enjoyment of like anything folding the laundry. I can do the switching over. I can, I can do that. I hate sitting on the couch and folding it and then putting it away. It's like, you're already clean. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Love it. What's your favorite kind of food? If you had to just pick one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? This is going to be a cop out, but spicy. Because I can I do, mean, I can do pizza, I can do Thai food, I can do wings, yeah. I can do Mexican food, I can do all sorts of stuff, but spicy, hundred percent. Love it. Okay, Michelle, here's a trick question: the lights are out, you come home, it's dark, um, uh, there's no power, uh, there's spiders in your mouth, and you walk in the, in the house, and there's a ghost, and you see the ghost, and he's looking right at you. What do you do? I'd, sp- I'd first spit the spider out, I guess. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, that would be the first thing is I would try to get the spider. I would go I that mean, way. Would that go ghost that. can't hurt me. Like, it's just going to go right through me. So it, it is what it is. I got to get that spider out of there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last movie you watched that just truly made you laugh? Like, uncontrollably, like, painful laugh. Oh... I really enjoy Booksmart. I have watched it a lot, but Booksmart is just such a funny movie. It hits just right. It's not everybody's comedy, but it hits me just right. Would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? It's the Reddit <laughs> question. Vincent <laughs> taking everybody's questions. Uh, probably. Probably the the one big duck, if I had to. I don't have a good reason why, other than I feel like all the other ones, like all the little mini horses would just attack me and then I'd be overwhelmed. At least with the one, I can keep them in front of me. Fair enough. Uh, Michelle, what's your thoughts on tools like Marketo or or specifically Marketo? Do you, do you enjoy it? I think they are essential. Uh, like I said, most of the companies that I end up working with are like B2B, lead gen, SaaS, all that kind of stuff. And without either a Marketo or a HubSpot or something like that, that's helping to understand what happens after the lead comes in, it's almost impossible for me to do my job in a way that makes you money other than just generating leads. Like I'm happy to generate leads all day, but leads don't make you money. Customers do. So if I don't know what 
campaigns or ad creative or messaging or channels or whatever are actually going through to customer, there's nothing I can do to help other than just trying to get your cost per lead down. And even that is not always a good indicator that you're going after the right people. Nice. We're, we're just getting to the end here. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has any more of these rapid fire questions. I know Brian <laughs> probably has his. Uh, yes, Brian is just ready for it. What? Go ahead, this Brian. Is you got a classic joke. Here it comes. Question. I am offended. You should be offended because I meant what? to offend you. Go ahead. Why can't PPC managers drive to work? Because, because we work from home? <laughs> because they generate so much traffic. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You're welcome. Ryan brings it every time. Uh, Michelle, before we get to our very last question, where can people find out more about you? What are the uh, the URLs you want them to go to, et cetera? Absolutely. So you can find me pretty much anywhere at Michelle M S E M. Don't forget the M in the middle. Yep. Michelle M S E M. Um, Michelle without the M was available. I didn't use it. I don't know why. Um, but you can also find me and my business partner, Joe, at anything paid media pros. We're everywhere. Paidmediapros.com on YouTube, Twitter, all over the place. So those two things. Perfect. And the uh, last uh, section here we have is our words of wisdom. So, Michelle, can you provide our audience with some parting words of wisdom? Deep, please. Oh, good grief. You set me up for that one. <laughs> the bottom um, of the ocean deep. Right? Left. I don't know. It, ha it has to be to have just have a strategic approach to what you're doing. Like I said, it's the characteristic that I like about myself. And it drives me the most nuts when I ask people, well, why are you doing this? And they go, well, I don't know. It's like, you're spending money on this. Like, why, why don't you know? So test out your theories, make sure that you have some reason for doing what you're doing with your paid advertising because, because otherwise you are literally just wasting money. Love it. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, anybody else have any final questions? Final Wait, comments? I got a question. Where do you see the future of paid marketing? Like you, you've seen it evolve 10 years back, right? So to what it is today. Where do you think it's going to go 10 years from now? I think it's going to be... It's gonna it's gonna have the same sort of stuff that it has had. We're gonna find more channels are gonna keep coming out because people are gonna keep generating new apps, finding new platforms. Companies are going to realize like, oh, we should probably be monetizing this thing that we have while we have this audience's attention. Not to mention everybody is cutting the cable cord. So now lots of other platforms are getting in the mix, like Disney Plus. I think I just heard something about Disney Plus and Hulu are going to be part of the same ad environment or Disney's doing something with it. I don't know, yeah. but everybody's moving away from cable. So like you're going to have more opportunities to run things on TV platforms, all that sort of stuff. So there's going to be a lot more platforms out there, but the platforms that we do have specifically like Google, we're going to keep losing control on that. So overall we're gaining more options, but I don't think we're going to go back to a day where we can say with certainty, like we did maybe five years ago, these are exactly the conversions we're generating and this is exactly what we should do based on it. It's gonna be a lot more amorphous moving forward, which is unfortunate for a lot of people and they don't like to hear it, but that's the way it's going. Brian, you got anything? Yeah, um, sorry for being late. <laughs> it was nice to meet <laughs> you and actually uh, have the time to talk to you and I appreciate uh, your time with us. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. Oh, excellent. Thank you so, so much, Michelle, for joining the show. Super appreciate it and love hearing your expert uh, thoughts on all this and, and your insight. Uh, it's been wonderful. Truly our pleasure. Thank you so, so much. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Oh, uh, well, I'll, I'll might take you off. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Well, thanks everybody for watching. Appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe at um, uh, youtube.com slash thundernerds. Uh, please hit the like button, um, subscribe, etc. Et yeah, click the bell. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Later.